We had a message several weeks ago, uh, several weeks ago called Keep Your Eye on the Fence Post, and then we followed up and had a, a little more on that. And this morning, you know, I want to, there's some specific on my heart to share that's related along the same vein, and so, you know, kind of add on some, but let's, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, this is what we read before, we'll read some of the Go over some of the, the verses that we read, and then we're going to go to something specific this morning. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a per perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty... Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And we read this in the Amplified Classic. Verse 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race, that you may lay a hold of the prize and make it yours. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts themselves in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Verse 26, Therefore I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary, but like a boxer I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved or rejected as a counterfeit. In the Amplified, just the, the, the current Amplified, verse 25 says, Now every athlete who goes into training competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. So a couple things that we pointed out here, uh, if you go back to um, verse 25 in the Amplified Classic, it says, Every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. And we just read is disciplined and exercises self-control. And they do it to win a, a wreath that will soon wither. In other, other words, it's temporary. But we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. And then verse 26, Therefore do, I do not run with uncertainty without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. So you talk about discipline or uh, exercising self-control. Also talk about a definite aim. And um, go ahead and put up that picture that we talked about. Spend some time looking at that. So this, and this is such a great visual. So this is, um, this is a painting, actually, um, that was given to Pastor Sam Smucker, who's in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania. He, was, he is the regional director for RMEI, for the, the ministers here in the Northeast region. And um, he pastored Worship Center, which is a church there in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, for 40 years, and uh, transitioned that pastorate to another gentleman, I want to, it's five, six years ago now. And at, uh, when he was doing that transition and, and they had a, 
time for to honor him at, at the retreat uh, that we went to six years ago. I think it was 2017. Um, a gentleman, if you've heard of Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, it's also in Branson. The, the founder of that, Glenn Eshelman, he painted this picture uh, for Pastor Sam. And what it is, it's a picture uh, of something that Pastor Sam would share frequently throughout the years. He grew up Amish. And um, this is a picture of his father to the left there pointing. And then he is on the plow there behind the, the mules. And what his father is pointing to, so he's teaching him how to plow. And what he's pointing to is a fence post that's there in the distance. And he's teaching him how you, how you plow a straight row as you keep your eye on the fence post. You don't look at the rocks or anything in between. You don't look at the horses. You don't look at any of that. You keep your eye on the fence post and just go toward it and your, your, your row is going to turn out straight. And of course that applies a lot to life. And we talked about that. If you, if you missed the first two messages, go back and you can listen to those. They're available in a number of places. But you know, you, life is life. And there's challenges here on the earth. And we live in a fallen world. We need to understand that. God is not in control of everything. People quote that often. Like, well, God is in control. God is sovereign. But he's not controlling everything. In his sovereignty, in his power... He put men in authority on this earth. He gave authority to Adam. And Adam turned right around and bowed his knee to Satan. And the Bible calls Satan the god of this world in 1 Corinthians 4.4. 4. That doesn't mean he's over God. That means he, little g, God. He is, he is affecting this world through the curse, through influencing people. The bad stuff you see in this world are because there is a devil, because men listen to him, and they make dumb decisions, and they don't listen to God. God is not the author of destruction. To say that God is the author of everything means he's in control of making everybody's decisions for them. Real quick, let me ask you a question. If you, had, if you were choosing what to eat for breakfast this morning, did God tell you what what to eat for breakfast, or did you make that decision? You know, whether you're going to have cereal or peanut butter toast or eggs. Did he make that decision for you? Did he take you and force you to do it? No, he gave you a free will. You can reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he gave you the ability to, re to make that decision, uh, there's a whole lot of decisions that people are making every day that God has nothing to do with. He wants the best. He'll, he'll prompt. He'll lead. But he will not make the decision for you. Did you hear me? Because there's a whole lot of people that believe God is doing everything. And everything that happens on this earth is because God ordained it. That is not true. That means he's the author of destruction. He's the author of death. He's the author of disease. And that is blasphemy. That's saying, God, you're, you're impugning God with what we say is evil. Murder? Let me ask you a question. Does God prompt people to murder other people? Well, if he's not, he's not in control of that. He gave men a free will. Men do that. We need to understand that. Because if you think God's doing everything, well, then where that's going to end up is something bad happens. It's God's fault. And you're mad at God. 
when God is good. He didn't do it. He doesn't slap you across the face, you know, and do something evil to you to teach you something. You can learn by the word of God and by truth and go after him. You don't have to learn by hard knocks any more than you teach your children by hard knocks. You might let them, you let them make decisions, but you don't go break their leg to teach them something. Amen. God's faithful. So we have decisions to make on this earth. We are going towards something and we have we, we can make decisions as we are going through this life. We need to understand, we need to look at the right thing. And as we're going through this life, we don't look at all, all the, the junk in life to determine what we're going to do day to day. You're going to be all over the place. You're being led by circumstances. We have to have something greater than that to look to, to steady us when there's challenges and pressure. Because there is pressure in this life. The Bible doesn't teach us that, that everything is just going to go smoothly. There's a difference between you understanding there's pressure. Jesus himself said in, in John 16, that in this life you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So he, he said there's going to, but he's not the author of it. We live in a fallen world. There's stuff happening, but he is there to back you and help you through it all. His end is always good. It doesn't mean everything's going to be a bed of roses all the time. I don't know. Better roses. Better rose leaves, petals, right? Not thorns. But anyway, if it's bed of little roses, that's not good. But anyway, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy all the time. But there's a difference between you knowing that, it's, that there's challenges, but God is with you and he's bringing you over, and you thinking God is pushing back on you and you just got to deal. How do you know when to push and when to re release if you're pushing against God? You, you don't know. How would, you know, believe? Why would you, you know, somebody's sick with something. Well, how would, if you believe that's God's will, what are you praying for? Why do you go to the doctor? If it's God's will, take it like a man or a woman and just... Go on, you know, seriously, if you, do we believe this only in church or do we really believe it? Because most, you know, when people, they, they'll say, oh, God, God does, just doesn't want me to have this. They'll go right around the next day on Monday and, and do everything they can to, to turn it around. If it's money, well, God wants me poor, but they'll go try to get the best job they can. The fact is God doesn't want you poor. He doesn't want money to have you. No, that's covetousness. That's greed. But he doesn't want you to be poor. A, a rich Christian can do a lot more than a poor Christian. The one with a good heart? No, if the money has you, yeah, you're being dumb and you're going to be tripped up. But if you're completely consecrated to God, now you're a vessel he can flow through. So anyway, we, we, as we go through this world, we need to keep our eye on something greater than ourselves. That is the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And so there are decisions you're going to make. It talks about here being disciplined, self-constrained, having a definite aim. Let's read briefly. We'd read this too. Hebrews 12 verse 1. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking 
unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right uh, hand of the throne of God. It says, yeah, lay aside every weight. We talked about weights and distractions last time. Lay aside every weights, distractions, the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the rain, race that is set before us looking into Jesus. Look at that in the Amplified Classic real quick. Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have uh, born testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and the sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active or persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. It says also, giving the first incentive to our belief and is also its finisher. It's the, the finisher of our faith. So we look to Jesus. We, look, we, we get rid of the stuff that's going to slow us down. We look to him and we go forward in him. So that includes or that would um, imply then that if we're going to look to him and we're going to live our lives going toward keeping our eyes on Jesus, if we're going to keep our eyes on the fence post and not all this stuff, then we are going to, by definition, make decisions for that to happen. We are going to make choices for that to happen. And when I was preparing, you know, the word decisions came up in my heart. And then choices. And then the phrase faith choices. Because you're going to need to make, you, the choices you're going to have to make as you go through this life are going to have to be decisions based on the word of God and who God is for you to sustain, for you to endure, for you to stay on course through all the stuff that is in this life. How are you going to do that? By faith. You're going to make a choice by faith. You're going to make choices, many, many choices by faith. You're going to make them daily, hourly. And you're going to continue to make them in order to stay on target. Because it doesn't matter if you do it for a good amount of time. If you start deciding, I just don't know if I believe anymore. Have you guys seen this happen or heard about it happen? I mean, there's nationally known, internationally known people, and we're not throwing any stones. Okay? We're not throwing any stones at anybody. We're just, we're just talking about what can happen. Take inventory. Just look and, and realize when, when somebody is making a bad decision, what you don't want to do is throw stones at them or judge. You're in danger then. What you want to do is check up on yourself. Okay, but we've seen people that are going, 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 look good, and all of a sudden they just start veering off. And then you have people that are saying, I don't believe God anymore. I don't believe Jesus. I've lost my faith. That didn't just happen. There was, just, there was a choice. There were choices, choices. You don't just be a strong, stalwart believer one day and then just chuck it all the next day. 
That does not happen. There's a subtle process that happens to get you off and you make one choice and it looks like it's imperceptible from bird's eye view. It looks like you're still dead on. You make another choice. It still looks like you're dead on, but, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's starting to move. Another one, move. You might course correct, but something started putting in process that's pulling on you, that's trying to grab you. You know, no, I'm not going to do that. One thing you have it in place. You're just doing it with clockwork and then you, you know, have it, you drop it. Well, you can bounce back. We're not legalistic. God's not legalistic. Get right back on it, but, but you start doing it time after time. This thing is starting to move. You can't see it, and see, that's the danger. It's subtle. It's subtle. It doesn't look like anything is changing. And the enemy, he's a con, okay? You don't, you don't make a, a, a lot of the devil. The devil's a defeated foe, okay? He is... You don't say the devil made me do this. What Satan can't make you do anything. We have authority over him in Christ. And God Almighty, through Jesus, has, has made us victors over any work of the devil. On the other hand, don't act like there is no challenge there. You, you should know and understand that Satan is a deceiver and a con artist. And what, by definition, he, the Bible calls him a deceiver. He's a liar. He's the father of it. And so what he tries to do, and he does it over and over with generations of people, and he's been around for longer than anybody in here has been around. We know at least thousands of years. And so he understands something about human nature. And he knows how to push buttons. And he knows how to tempt. And he knows how to create pressure and give an opportunity for you to make the wrong choice. And it seemed like you have no choice but to make that wrong choice, but it's a smokescreen. You always have a choice. And you can decide to make the right choice. But it's subtle. And part of the subtle part of it is it looks like you make the bad choice, nothing happened. You're still good. Well, God is merciful. We're not in fear. But you just keep going. Well, I'll make the wrong choice. Well, you know. Nothing happened. Not, we should never be looking to try to, quote, unquote, get away with anything. It's not, this is not a game. This isn't a cosmic God's looking at you to, oh, you got a line. I'm going to smash you like a buck. No, it is, it's a war. We, are, we trust God, but we have an enemy. And if you're already in the kingdom of God, if he can't get you. He couldn't keep you out of the kingdom of God. You decided to follow Jesus. He's going to try to make you ineffective. How's he going to do that? You're going to have temptations in this earth. He's going to try to put pressure on you to get you to veer off, to get you where you just don't feel like moving forward. You don't want to make anything, you know, go forward in anything. So there's choices that if you start yielding to the wrong thing, you start saying, I don't have to do that. It's not a big deal. Ah, we won't do that. Stuff is subtly changing, and the deception is there's no effect. But it is having an effect. And you start, and again, we're not saying this to put anybody in fear. We ought not to be in fear, but we ought to be forewarned. We ought to know so we can recognize. Do you see the difference? You don't, we don't need to be afraid. On the other hand, we need to be wise and realize and check up. Because arrogance or pride thinking something will never happen to me, you're halfway there. If you think... It's always for somebody else. 
and you think it can never happen to you, you can be deceived and it could be happening right now because you think you're above it. Satan was the one that was so full of pride that he thought he could take on the Almighty and win. We laugh, and it's, it's, it's pitiful. At the same time, Satan's an intelligent being. Very, very intelligent. Smarter naturally than anybody on the planet. You know, he's a supernatural being. We don't glorify that, but if you think you can just go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, he loves that. He'll crush you like that. You can't do anything of your own strength. You have to believe God, and in God, you have authority. But in yourself, you will be whipped. And so he was so full of pride, as smart as he was, that he thought he could take on the Almighty. Even though he was smart, he's deceived. He's full of pride, and of course, you know the outcome. He didn't he try to take a third of the angels. Well, they fell. So we have to be careful of that. We have to understand that when we're making decisions, we want to do them on purpose and not get duped to start get do stuff we know we ought not. We know, I'm not talking about necessarily sin. You know you should not do something the word specifically forbids. I'm talking about you make a decision. You're supposed to be looking there, and you start looking here or here, and you start veering off into things that aren't helpful for you or not keeping you on track. They're not keeping you strong because this world is very temporal. We understand that? It's very temporal. None of us are going to be here that long. I don't care if you're here for 120 years. It's still not that long. If Jesus tarries, not, if he doesn't come back, you know, if, he, if, if it's not, I, I believe we're closer than ever, and I believe it's not far, but... If it doesn't happen, if Jesus doesn't come back for 200 years, there's not a person in here that's going to be walking the earth. We're all going to be, we're all going to be, have gone, we're all, we will have all moved on. So it's very temporal. And so we only have so much time. We only have so much opportunity. So we, we are constantly making decisions that we don't want to just veer off. We want to stay strong. So that doesn't just happen. And it, you don't get off just because of circumstance. You get off because there was circumstance and you made the wrong decision. Yes. Yes. Let's look at Galatians 2.20. God is so good and faithful. He, he, is, he wants more than we want to stay on track. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The, uh, we'll read the rest of it. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice it says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live, how? By faith in the Son of God. I live by faith. I live by, that means I don't make one decision, and then it's autopilot. I don't make two decisions, and then we're just on autopilot. I don't make, you know, a decision once a month. I live by faith. That means I'm continually making the decisions by faith. What does that mean? By what I believe. Not by what I see. Not by the pressure not by a circumstance, not by what somebody else said or somebody else thinks, 
but I am keeping my eye beyond all that. I'm keeping my, my eye on Jesus. So that is by definition faith. How can you keep your eye on Jesus? You can't see Jesus. You have to take it by faith in the word and what he said. And the only way to stay on track is going to be I'm believing something, so I'm making these decisions. Well, if you're doing that in the midst of turmoil, you're believing something because most people will start making the decisions based on what they see and feel. They're not making decisions based on the end. Oh, sure, people might do it to a degree in the natural, but we're not looking just at the natural. We're looking at what God has said, what Jesus has done, and the good report we want at the end of our race. So this says we live in the flesh by faith. In the Amplified, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. See, he lives in us in the person of the Holy I'm going to stop here and say, we'll come back. Uh, he lives in us and through the person of the Holy Spirit, but he doesn't control you. He lives in you, and you live by faith. So we have the Holy Spirit as a Christian. You have the Holy Spirit of Almighty God living on the inside of you. I have him living on the inside of me, but you know you can ignore him. I mean, I don't believe any of us has fully grasped what we mean by that, that the fact that the Spirit of God lives in us because the more we have a revelation of that, then things that trouble us will not trouble us. Situations will not trouble us. I don't pretend to have attained. We're all seeing more clearly. Paul said, I see as through a glass darkly. I see partially. But the more revelation, this is a key. The more revelation you get of that, the more you realize you already have your answer. If you have the Almighty on the inside of you, that means He's on the scene. That means you have what you need. You just need to walk in it. You, the answer is, I'm hooking up with Him. I'm listening to Him. I'm doing what He told me to do. Well, I have to do that by faith. I'm going to have to look at something beyond here. Shut this off. Shut the natural off. And I'm going to make a faith choice. I'm going to make a faith decision. Yeah. Going to go back. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to go back and look on the inside and say, well, I know one thing. I'm going to act in faith. I'm going to make a decision that is in faith. The worst thing I can do is I'm making a decision out of fear or out of pressure or anything else. I need to say, what is the faith choice here? What is the faith decision here? What keeps me on track? Because I can't afford to get off. I can't afford to go to the right or the left. And, you know, we have all types of reasons we can say. None of us are throwing any stones at anybody, but we all feel pressure. We all go through things that it seems, well, of course, you made this decisions because, but, but that's, we can make those decisions, but there's, there's consequences to decisions. So instead of saying, well, there's a reason, well, there may be a reason, but we can still make the right choice in the face of a reason. We can make, the we can make a decision in the face of when everything Looks like, no, I mean, even normal, you know, even people that have sort of faith would just go ahead and go over here. And in the face of that, you say, no, when I look at it from the end, when I say I look at it at a bird's eye view, that would be a diversion. I'm not doing it. We're staying on. Amen. That's faith. Faith yes. 
isn't a feeling. <laughs> it's not what you feel like in the middle of something. It's you believe something. And sometimes we look at somebody else and go, well, they, I mean, they, they have it easier. They made that decision because it was easy. They felt like it. That's not true. You, you make you, anybody, anybody on the face of it, you're going to have pressure. You're going to have opportunities to make a wrong choice and to not act in faith. You know, the enemy will prompt you go, well, you know, I mean, it's just easy for them. It always looks easy. It, you ever heard that term, cliche, the grass is greener? You know, it doesn't matter what walk of life you have. You know, you look at someone, well, that looks like that would be easy. Have you walked in it? Because unless you've walked in it, you don't know. And how many of you have walked in something that you thought was easy and then you realize, I'm so glad I'm not doing this. Is that true? That's good for us when we see it. Because it's so easy just to be like, well, that would be easy. There is nothing easy if you're going to follow God. You may think it's easy, but if you walked in something, if you think something else is easy, it's not easy for that per person. I'm not saying God sets you up for it to be hard. I'm saying you're going to have to overcome the flesh and make faith choices, whoever you are. And it looks different for everybody, different vocations, different areas of life. But in your area, you're going to have to make decisions that are faith, that are based on, well, what does the word of God say? You can get counsel from people and input, but what you're looking at is what agrees with the Word of God and what agrees with the Spirit of God. That's the right path. That's what you're looking for. And it's different for every person, and you, everybody has a different path. That's, unfortunately, why you can't just look at a playbook and go, I'll make every decision this person make, and I'll be okay. Hey, I'll be okay, because their life's different. Your life's different. You're going to have to trust God, look at His Word, and be led by the Spirit personally. That puts some responsibility on us that we are going to, we're going to develop a relationship with God. We're going to trust him. And when it looks like, where is God? We're going to say, I believe something. He has gone nowhere. He's leading me and guiding me. And I'm going forward. And I'm going to look back at this choice. And it's going to be the right one. I'm not going to deviate. I'm going to stay on. So it says, the rest of us will read that sentence again. Uh, well, let's just read verse 20. I have been crucified in, in the Amplified. I've been crucified with Christ, that is, in Him. I have shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So He lives in me, but He's not controlling us. He's there. And if we'll listen to Him and rely on Him, He'll always give us the answer. He'll always give us the right way, even if it looks foolish to other people. He knows more than other people. Well-intentioned people. You can be sincere and wrong. Only God knows where you're going, and only God knows the path he has for us. That doesn't mean you violate his word. God will never lead you apart from his word. It will always be in line. So don't call it the Holy Spirit when it violates a scripture. Single scripture, it's wrong. 
On the other hand, God knows more than you do, and if you'll trust him, it'll be in line with his word. And when, you, when the dust settles, you say, oh, yeah, that was the right decision, even though you look and go, I don't see anything. You can have situations that look perfect in the natural, and on the inside, something's telling you, no, don't do it. Don't do it. It's wrong. Don't do it. If you go by your head, God gave us a brain, yes, but he didn't give us a brain to lead us. Our spirit's supposed to lead us as a, as a child of God. God is supernatural. He's spiritual. And see, there is influences in this world by people and by the God of this world. Satan, he can manipulate things to look a certain way, but he cannot manipulate the spirit of God and bearing witness on the inside of you. And so you're not to be led by your head. Sure, you take information ahead, but you submit that information to the word of God and the spirit of God. We're not talking about being flaky, going, well, God told me this, and I'm going to go do this, and it looks like it's completely against all common wisdom. You better know it's God. Somebody told me, when I, when I told them I was coming out to Massachusetts to start a church, they looked me in the eye and said, you better know it's God. You don't just be flaky and just take everything, but when push comes to shove, if your head's telling you one thing and the numbers are telling you one thing and the, the Spirit of God's telling you this and you pray, the bigger decision it is, the more you sit on it, the more you make sure it's God, the more you make sure you're not just, you know, it's pizza that you ate last night or it's indigestion or whatever. You don't wake up one morning and to make a, a radical decision, decide, well, we're doing this. Yeah, that gives God and Christianity a bad name. But how many things in the word of God looked foolish in the natural? We could go right through them. God delights in using things that men say are impossible. And he, he'll fly right in the face and they'll say, no, this is the way you're doing it. You know, use a five foot something person, David, to defeat a giant. Looked impossible. Okay, Gideon. Looked like he's trembling. He can't do anything. He's, he's scared. He's like, well, I'm using you. Take this out. You know, you have too many people that are going up against an army. you got too many people. We're, we're whittling it down. That looks stupid. You don't get rid of people. How many times, you know, there's huge armies. And he uses ways, you know, one angel wipes out 185,000 people. God is not limited by these things. So we need to be led by him, but not flaky led. You're not being led by God if you're just following some fantasy or some figment of, of your imagination, how do you discern the difference? You wait on God. You know what his word says. You know what his spirit says. And you don't move unless you have peace. Yes. Amen. And you take it seriously. This is not a game. It's like my pastor in Lincoln used to say, this is not a rehearsal. This is it. One life. This is what we get. It's not a rehearsal. Well, God lives on the inside of you, but you got to listen to him and he's going to show you so you don't go by your head. If, if you, you, you lay it out on the, the table and you've sat on it and you go, this is what the numbers say. This is what wisdom, but this is what I believe I should do. If you know it's the spirit of God and it lines up with the word of God, at some point you're going to have to step out and believe God. And I, we're not even talking about things that defy, that would be an extreme, but defy wisdom. The point is, you don't live by your head because your head can be wrong. Data can be wrong. And there's always new things happening. And if people just in the natural went by all the data, there's so many things that wouldn't happen in the world just talking naturally. Mm 
People started stuff. That's natural faith. Well, faith is a principle, but faith in God is faith in what He said and in His Word. And so you make decisions based on His Word and what He's telling you on the inside. And you, when you've, you've come and you're settled and you're strong, you're saying, yeah, this is what we're doing. Then you make that decision in faith and you don't go by what you're seeing, by what you're hearing, by what your mind tells you. You live by faith. You make the decisions, you make the choices by faith to do what God has told you to do. Let's read 20 again, see if we can get to the end of 21, or the, re the rest of it. I have been crucified with Christ, that is, in Him. I have shared his, in, shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. <laughs> the life I now live in the body. You realize you're not always going to live in the body. We're here, we're living in the body, but that's not you. We're a spirit person, we're a spirit man, and so we live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, you're walking. You're walking. The Bible calls it a race. Calls you, you're, here it says you're walking, but you're going through life. You're going towards something. So you're walking. You're progressing. You're doing it by faith. Every step is faith, 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 faith. Okay, if you make a mistake, you get back on and start walking in faith again. It takes faith to get back on. It takes faith. You know, talked about forgiveness on Wednesdays. It takes faith to forgive yourself, get back on. And believe God can do something now. That takes faith too. We walk by faith. There is nothing you're going to do without faith. You're going to walk every day by faith. You make a mistake. You say something you shouldn't. Well, you're going to, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says, you know, somebody in your house, you're going to go to them. You're going to ask forgiveness. You're going to make it right. And you're going to go on. That takes faith. Why would you do that? Because you believe God. You believe something. So you make a faith choice. You don't make a choice off of something else. You know, whether it's believing God for healing or, or just staying steady in the midst of a storm. Could be any kind of storm. Walking in love, forgiving, deciding to spend extra time with the Lord. These are faith choices. They are faith because you have a choice. You could do this, but you decided to do this. Then you could do this, but you decided to do this. And that adds up. That just, it's not the big decisions. Big decisions make a difference, but of course they do. You can blow up your life with one decision or change the trajectory of your life with one decision, but so much of what it adds up as you go and you're walking, it's just the things you say no to and say yes to every single day. And you're doing it constantly, just no, I believe this. The temptation here, no. That makes you impervious to getting off. Because it's like a buffer. You know, you could do this, but you stay on. You stay on. You could go over here, but you stay on. See, it does, once you start saying yes to things you shouldn't or saying no to things you should, it gets easier. Amen? Yes. Selah. I mean, think about that. We could, you could say all kinds of things, but just think about it. It gets easier. It, you, you can be really strong and see you have momentum. So you're just 
slapping the things that something comes up no because you've got in you've gotten to a point and if you've dug yourself out of a hole by the grace of God and gotten to where you don't do certain things or where you do do certain certain things you put in place don't go back down the other track just for a little bit you are just you're giving Satan a foothold you're giving your flesh just whoa we kind of still like that or you know it's easy to get out of a habit it's easy it's not so easy to get into one so you make a choice when you're strong no no yes yes whatever it is to just stay on that is creating a buffer around you that makes it very difficult for the enemy to get a foothold it's not what is happening to us that causes us to make the decision it is a decision it is a choice faith is a choice everybody say that faith is a choice see it's not a feeling it's not the way you feel about it if we get that down we realize that I can actually choose to make the right choice here even though everything in me and my emotions and my feelings feel like no and you say no it's a choice I then I, I'm still in the driver's seat by the grace of God he still said it may feel like there's no way and if you say God I everything in me is pushing me this way but I believe this is the right thing Lord by your grace I'm gonna do this he will strengthen you Christ in you will help you live by faith at that moment his grace is sufficient to keep you on but if you just say I just can't help it just go well you said you made a choice to say I can't help it you made a choice to say it's too much pressure instead of making a choice to say God this is pressing on me but I choose by your grace and your strength to stay on because I'm looking down the path and I see that this is where I really want to go and this may look like a small thing but I am not gonna relent and you'll see the grace of God will come all over you and enable you to do it he's faithful 